The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help! You know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to Episode 384 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. I'm a physician retired from practice. Our topic today is a family caregiver and her father's legacy. To discuss it, our guest is Carol Stanley, a senior who for five years was family caregiver for her late father. At the age of 95, after a long and courageous battle with chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, congestive heart failure, bladder cancer and dementia, he decided for himself it was time to go. He stopped eating, and he died peacefully on December 12, 2014. Carol describes for us her experiences of her family caregiving for him, which is why our topic, family caregiver and her father's legacy, is so important for family caregivers and their family members. So welcome to the show, Carol. Thank you very much, Gordon. Okay, great. Now, first, first question for you, Carol. Please tell us about your life and your achievements. Carol? I can tell you about my life uh, right now, Gordon. Um, since my father passed away um, last December, uh, it's actually uh, seeming quite normal. I'm actually visible in the community again. I've uh, taken myself to a movie even, which I hadn't done in, in quite some time. I was too tired and um, just didn't have the uh, uh, the go in me while looking after my dad to do a lot of uh, things in the community. So uh, that is um, a good thing. That is a good thing, although, of course, uh, there's a big hole inside me now, missing my dad a lot. It's still only three months since he died. So, uh, uh, you know, that's... Uh, that's um oh I don't know grieving grieving is is a is a is a process and everyone goes through it differently and it takes on different forms and um, I've been lucky enough in Powell River to meet um, a couple of very lovely people who um, just started the Powell River um, Hospice Palliative Care Society or restarted it. And um, they took me under their wing and actually came to me um, the last few days. My father uh, was in the hospital at that point. He was in the dying process and uh, helped me um, with my concerns that I had, that I had never seen anyone die before and um, what to expect and how to hold his hand and 
the hearing being the last thing to go, and um, that was um, a very, very uh, nice thing that happened to me. In fact, uh, with this new society that they're just starting up, they're having their first fundraiser for hospice and palliative care in Power River on May the 3rd at Willingdon Beach, and I'm going to be a part of that. I'm going to um, get pledges for that. might even tap into you, Gordon. And um, I just... We, we also did a video for sure, for sure cable, which will be on the local cable um, network uh, up in the next few days. So um, still carrying on my work as an advocate hasn't stopped, uh, and it never will stop now because I learned far too much um, in my five years of being a caregiver to ever stop learning. Because now, at a, a senior age myself, I need to know this information for myself and um, what to expect. Right. Now, I'm only going to stop you there because, as I shall keep saying to you, it, it's this tyranny of time. So right. I, want, I want you to answer now the question, um, same question I asked you, but it's about your late father's life and his achievements. Please tell us about his life, his achievements. Carol? Yes. Well, my dad um, was born in London, in the East End of London. He's a Cockney, um, born within the sound of Bow Bells, so he's a, a true Cockney, very proud of his heritage. And he grew up uh, in poverty and hard times, and he learned how to take care of himself at a very early age. And I think that's one of the things that is passed on to his family was that you have to learn how to um, take care of yourself. And my father then, um, 1939, joined the RAF. Of course, it was call-up time for the Second World War. And he, became, he ended up as a sergeant in the RAF. He was um, an engineer and a technician in, uh, in Bomber Command. And in his last years, he, he, that's what he spoke about most was his years, years, five years in the RAF. And the young men and women, uh, you know, who had been pilots and gave their lives and uh, um, what a close-knit group of people this was. And uh, so his achievement then was to go on and become an engineer, uh, which he worked at in England. And then in his 50s, he decided that... Um, Life was not going to progress any further in England, and he was able to come to Canada as a consulting engineer um, to Toronto, um, where he worked out his last um, few years in Canada, which must have been um, quite quite different for him from being in England, and um, came with his wife, my mum and my youngest sister, Kim. And um, he really enjoyed himself. And he brought a, he brought a sailboat. We went sailing on uh, Lake Ontario. And um, he then moved um, into more rural setting and bred German shepherds in his last days before my, before my mother passed away. Now, let's go to the next question, Carol, which is, 
why, how, and with what effects on your life you became the family caregiver for your father. Carol? Well, that's still a bit of a mystery to me, Gordon, to be quite honest with you. I have a feeling my father did ask other family members, um, and for one reason or another, they just couldn't take on the responsibility, um, whether they were working or had children of their own. or um, I can't tell you because, unfortunately, it's not a, a very close family anymore. It often happens when part of the family emigrates, you just lose touch. And so he asked me if he could come to live with me, and I said yes. I said yes, although, I mean, I live in a remote part of British Columbia, and uh, I don't think he quite knew what he was getting himself into, but his main thought was then to have family around him, and um, I was willing to do that. You were, in fact, the family that he chose. That's right, isn't it? I think so. I, I yeah. think so, because what we found out as we got to know each other, and, of course, I'd emigrated in the 1960s, so I, I hadn't really known my father as such until I, I was the caregiver for him. But we were so much alike, uh, I just couldn't believe it. Uh, you know, being outspoken, uh, always wanting more information, um, not taking no as an answer. As the nurses would always tell me in the hospital, well, I see the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, I love it. But yeah. we, uh, you know, we're just a, we were just a couple of people who said what we thought, what we liked, this is what we want, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it made us, it made us close in the last uh, five years. And I, I'm happy that I did that. And I'm happy for everything that I've learned. Now, I'm, that's partly an answer to the part of the question where I was asking you about the effects on your life. You've just answered that in part, but please say more about the effects on your life of becoming the family caregiver for your father. Carol? Well, once you, once you do take in, uh, you become a family caregiver, of course you're upsetting or rebalancing the whole family dynamic. So you're looking at um, my husband, and uh, I don't have family close to me, so it's basically uh, my husband. But um, more and more time then has to be spent with the, um, the patient or the, you know, your family member, and that can lead to... Um, some ups and downs in the, in the um, family dynamics, that's for sure. And uh, uh, a lot of it is going to use uh, pay or private care now, so there's a lot of out-of-pocket expenses that have to be borne by the family. Um, so there's a lot of things um, that change within the family dynamics uh, once you decide that you want to become a family caregiver, and I think that's something... Every family caregiver has to think about very seriously before they take on this very big task is um, how is it going to affect the rest of the family. Had you any awareness of just how much it was going to affect the uh, family when you took it on, when you first said yes? Carol? Oh, no, absolutely not. I, I mean, Gordon, I thought I... When I 
think back now to the beginning five years ago, I just seem so naive. I must have been the most naive person out there. I really thought that um, the healthcare system would come to me and say, or I'd go to them, I'd say, please show me the system. How does it work? How do I get help? But they didn't come to me. I had to go to them. And uh, they really didn't have an answer for how the system works themselves. And it's not a system, it's systems. Systems within systems within systems, all with their own little ideas of how things should go, and they don't seem to collaborate very well. So if if the healthcare system's not collaborating well, how can the family caregivers ever find out how the healthcare system works and what they're supposed to do? Right. And that makes it all the more stressful for not only the caregiver, but the um, healthcare providers themselves get very stressed. They're asked to answer a lot of questions that they might not have the answer to or they may not be allowed to give you the answers to. And, uh, it, yes, it's a very, very stressful situation. Right. On that point, I'm going to stop you because, once again, it's the problem of time. This is where we have to take a break to pay the rent, as I always say. So Mm -hmm. we'll do that now. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guest is Carol Stanley. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, and sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com There are over 140 million products manufactured worldwide. It is impossible to know the ingredients in these products, especially those made overseas. Stan Salat, creator of the HSF Mark and the Counterfeit Mark Alliance, is the host of People to People, working together for your safety. Stan believes in our right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in consumer products and whether they are counterfeit. Find out how you can protect yourself every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. Do you feel like you are alone in a desert? Often we feel alone with no place to turn for help and guidance in our troubles that always seem to be so overwhelming. Stop. Take an hour each week to tune in to Stream in the Desert with Dr. Rita Huang. Dr. Rita will share stories of people just like you, intended for you to find some inspiration in their problems and solutions. The most important thing is that you are not alone. Others have been in the same place. Share some time with us every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, 6 a.m. Pacific, and on demand on the Voice America Variety Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. 
If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Carol Stanley. Our topic is a family caregiver and her father's legacy. Carol, now let's talk about the challenges you experienced, you experienced as family caregiver for your father. So first question, what are the most challenging of the challenges that you experience as the family caregiver for your father? Carol? I would have to say one of the biggest challenges of all is once I found out a little bit of information about what I had to do to get into the system, I would speak with um, a case manager and I wouldn't, I wouldn't qualify for anything or my father wouldn't qualify for anything. We, we, there, was, there, was, there was just so many loopholes now in qualifying for something. Um, my father didn't qualify because he still could shower himself. So there was, this was a very big hurdle, just trying to qualify for a program. And when we finally did qualify for some of the programs like um, home care and home support, the funding had been cut back so drastically that um, the poor homes of port workers that rush around from home to home, they get 20 minutes approximately with each patient because they have to add their driving time into that. And so what can you do in 20 minutes? You can make a quick sandwich and um, maybe wash some dishes. And, and lay out some medications for somebody. But that's all you can do. So home care in itself, um, well, I, I know now it needs um, overhauling. And it needs more money and it needs, it needs um, more training for the health care uh, support team, much more training for them. So that was one of the, I would have to say, the greatest challenges was just not qualifying. And then when I did qualify, or my father qualified, the amount of help that we could get was so insignificant that I ended up hiring a cook for my father and myself because my father, being the man that he is, as he said, expressing himself, um, wouldn't eat the sandwiches, didn't want those for lunch, with my bangers and mash. And um, he just wouldn't eat uh, meals on wheels, like uh, I kept wishing, couldn't I be looking after my mum? It would be so much easier. I mean, she'd eat meals on wheels and she'd be so well behaved. Why did I end up with my dad? Honestly, sounds a bit cruel now, doesn't it? But I, I did go through those thoughts because... Um, you know, the more stubborn somebody is, and especially if they're going through the start of Alzheimer's and they tend to have temper tantrums, it's very, very difficult for them to um, do anything that uh, they don't want to do. Right. So it was, it was very, very challenging. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to ask you 
another question about challenges, but this time it's about challenges for family caregivers generally. Family caregivers like you who are themselves seniors and are caring for elderly family members like your father. What, what's your sense of the challenges that those family caregivers experience and which are the most challenging of them? Carol? Well, of course, um, aging in itself and being a senior is a challenge because I don't think one ever realizes um, how aging creeps up on one, how aging in your joints, how aging in your mind, um, maybe not being able to do all the things at the gym that you could do once before, maybe being, you know, um, tired more often. And you really don't have time as a caregiver to look at the aging of yourself. I never thought about my own aging at all. Um, until my father passed away, I didn't have time for it, and that is that. But I was getting sick. I was getting sick with um, spinal stenosis and uh, arthritis, and uh, recently diagnosed with um, hypothyroidism. Um, and this was only done after my father died. I just, I, you know, I didn't have time to really look after myself. And I was invisible to the healthcare system as a, a female family caregiver anyway. No one was asking me, how are you doing? Um, you know, the invisible people, it was just, uh, I find just aging in itself uh, just brings on so many things that you can't acknowledge because you don't have the time. You don't, you don't have the time, unless you have the money. I mean, if you have the money, then, of course, then it's a totally different situation, but we weren't in that situation. So when I say now that I've become visible again and I'm getting out and I see a movie, that is really not facetious. That really means that I am feeling a little bit better and being able to get out into my community again. And um, I did... Actually, Gordon, I um, I would get so frustrated with my own aches and pains and my father's aches and pains, and I would sit down at my computer and I think I've written some terrible things, which I'm sure the whole of the whole of Powell River's probably seen at one point or another. But um, I couldn't help it; I had to express myself in some way. Uh, we don't have a social worker for family caregivers in Power River. Up until recently, we didn't even have a hospice program. We're a rural community. We're doing without a lot of luxuries that, uh, you know, Toronto, uh, Vancouver uh, might be able to provide for family caregiving. We don't have. We're in a rural community. This is our choice to live here, and it's very beautiful. But when it comes to caregiving and the healthcare system, uh, we're certainly at a disadvantage. Right. Now, my next question, you've already partly answered it, but I want you to say more about it. What are the most challenging of the challenges you experience in getting help from the healthcare system for your father and for you as his family caregiver? In other words, say more about your experience with the um, healthcare system. Carol? 
goodness, there have been so many experiences, Gordon. It would be hard for me to know where to start. Um, I was thinking uh, before the program, would I have something concrete to say about how to change the system at all to make it a little uh, easier for them, for the um, family caregiver? And I'm thinking to myself, why couldn't I see my family, my father's health care plan every day? I was not allowed to see it. And so I didn't really know what went on with him. And I was lucky if I could find a nurse even to then go over a few pages. I actually did actually manage to get a copy one day and I was quite upset to see what was written down and what was actually being done um, are two in totally different things. So uh, I think if a family caregiver could be a part of the healthcare team and see uh, their loved one's healthcare plan every day and what is going on, instead of getting third-hand information, they would be far better off and far better prepared to uh, tackle what was coming next. I'm also thinking about discharge planning from the hospital. On one of my father's very, very frequent um, trips to the hospital, and they don't want to keep you in hospital very long these days, my father was discharged. I had a call at 8.30 on a Friday night to come and pick up my father because uh, he was being discharged from the hospital. I had no home care set in place at all. I had no medication. I, didn't, I wasn't up to date with his medication. He was still very sick from his bladder cancer. I had to take pictures when he came home because you would, you would think, well, a massacre had taken place in his apartment. There was just so much blood everywhere. And, of course, um, calling community care on a Saturday, no, we don't have anything. We don't have anything. Call back on Monday. Well, when Monday came, my father was back in the hospital. We admitted to emergency because they were so quick to get him out and I was so quick to take him back because I couldn't possibly look after him. Am I on topic here, Gordon, or am I going off? No, you're very much, when I say no, I mean you're very much on topic. This is exactly what I had in mind of the way that you would answer this question, that is speaking as someone, a family caregiver, who has been there and done that in the reality of the healthcare system. Carol? That's correct. And that's correct. And it's such a shame because um, so much um, of the funding cuts, to, especially to the nurses, the nurses, I mean... We say family caregivers are the invisible backbone of the healthcare system, uh, and we are, and I know that. And God forbid when we all die off, because I don't think the younger generation is going to have the time to take it on, um, the nurses are going to be overwhelmed. And the home support teams, they need far better training. I mean, I, I have better training than the home support worker six months, you know, at the local college. Um, you know, my five years of, of research, of having to do lots of research, thank goodness for my computer, I love my computer, and the research and being able to tap into webinars, be part of um, um, something called Patients as Partners and Community Engagement, 
I was able to sit in on the, quite a few of hospital talks and get a little bit of the lingo of the hospital and what actually was going on as they thought about changing the, um, the home care system, which unfortunately didn't work out at all. And uh, I think they're back to square one now. That plan didn't work out. But what I saw when I was in the hospital and I saw the sort of marketing that was done and put out to the community... Like, um, now these are your rights when you go to the emergency department. If you've got, if you've got dinner time, please ask for a tray. You have a right to have a dinner while you're at the hospital. Well, I asked for a dinner tray. <laughs> I think they were stunned. And they said they'd try and find the sandwich if they could find one out of the fridge if there's not been one left. I mean, at that time I could no longer be part of um, patient Voices Network or Community Engagement because I know I had stepped over the line into advocacy. I was no longer able to take on this sort of um, dual, you know, the marketing side which looked so lovely and the real side that I was actually going through with my father which was so different from what I was what I was listening to and I went to these meetings, and therefore I turned into an advocate. And I think there's nothing wrong with being an advocate. In fact, I think everyone in the world should be an advocate for something that they care about. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, now, once again, it's time for the break, so we're going to take that. But in the next segment, we're going to answer some of the questions about what you actually found helpful. Um, and then we'll get that picture from you on both sides of it. So we'll take the break now. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guest is Carol Stanley. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio. Now, I just want to add that that's in Powell River, which is what the, the place that Carol is talking about. Um, we're also, we are also involved with um, sharingtheburden.ca. In any case, please stay with us. We're coming back. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com On the morning of August 5, 1962, the world awoke to the shocking news that Marilyn Monroe, one of the biggest icons in Hollywood history, had been found dead. What really happened that night? Join Nina Bosky as she seeks to uncover both the life and tragic death of Marilyn Monroe and what keeps her so popular over 50 years later. Good Night Marilyn Radio, live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Families today face unique challenges. Marriage, parenting, and family forms have changed a lot in the last century. Family Matters with Dr. Virginia Collin will focus on building and maintaining healthy family relationships. We will discuss marriage, divorce, family mediation, parenting, lifestyles, and mental health, all kinds of family matters. Our show will feature guest experts and your participation, too. You can listen to Family Matters live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. The world we live in has become a crazy place. Poverty is at an all-time high in the wealthiest nation on Earth. We keep calling on government to save us with new programs. And now... 
we have more people using food stamps than any time in our history. This problem continues to get worse. The answer to poverty is in our homes, churches, and communities, and through our children. Get the answers from The Mickey Ellison Show, Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Carol Stanley. Our topic is a family caregiver and her father's legacy. Carol, now let's talk about help for overcoming the most challenging of the challenges for family caregivers caring for their parents. So, Carol, what was the most effective help you received for the most challenging of the challenges you experienced as family caregiver for your father? Carol? Um, Well, other than the computer and the research and the webinars that I... um, participated in, and, and learning to ask the hard questions. Um, there was a day when my father was admitted into long-term care, and he was admitted into a facility which I think um, Charles Dickens could have written a, a very good novel on. Um, so I, I was very upset by this because there was no privacy whatsoever for my father, just a curtain. It was like um, a hospital setting only, not even as, as nice as the hospital. And I was very upset because my dad could still walk, he could still talk. I know he was chronically ill, but um, I will use the word warehousing. I didn't like him. I was very upset. I wrote down all my uh, concerns about this. Uh, Nobody would listen, of course. And uh, so I finally had to uh, make an appointment with someone on the um, Empower River, the mayor, to be be specific. And he set up an appointment with the administrator of the um, home care um, facility in Powell River, and um, I took my husband with me. I needed support, and the mayor did leave the room, and we um, we spoke with the um, facilitator at that time, and I just I had all my ducks in a row. I had because I knew about the Omsburg person lady here, and um, the advocate that we have now, and there were other routes for me to take, and I could also look at maybe getting my father into um, a veteran's home, if this, because this, this is not um, dying with dignity with any means, by any means. For a father, for a man who was still walking, talking, you know, and so I had, 
that was um, the most challenging, challenging thing that I I did, and I I um, I'm very proud of myself for doing that. It was uh, it took a great deal for me to do that. It was very very stressful, and um, I don't regret it one bit. Right. Within one month, I am glad to say, my father was moved into a a, new, a different facility, not a new facility, but a different facility, where at least he had some dignity. He had his own room, four walls around him, and he could have a little bit of space to himself, which I think every person deserves as they are aging. Dignity. Right. Right. Now, I want to ask you the question about help for family caregivers like you um, for their most challenging of the challenges when the family caregivers are themselves seniors and are caring for an elderly family member or members like your father. So what is the help that you think those family caregivers need, Carol? Of course, family caregivers right from the start, I think, should all be given a, a social worker to work with so that they could work through the system with them. And if they had someone working through the system with them, they'd never even get to this point. But I was lucky enough, and there is a program in place where family caregivers can take respite, where their family member will go into the long-term care facility and the um, family caregiver can go away, and I, I went right out of country. I didn't stay here because I didn't want to be contacted. I, I wanted to be respite. I wanted, you know, to have um, rest. So I would say that um, for myself, that was one of the best things um, that could have happened to me, that, you know, you ask, you have to ask for that, and, uh, and they will put you on a list. Um, there's also other things like um, having groups for seniors once a week, exercise groups and things. My father was on the list for that for nearly two years. I never heard from them. Daycare, that's what it was called, daycare. Couldn't remember the name because he never went to it. Um, let me see, what, is, what else can I tell you here about? Um, because, it's, it's, you know, words are very easy to please take care of yourself, please take care of yourself. But yeah. it's so difficult in that situation when you have someone on the phone saying, oh, come and help me, or, you know, I can't breathe, I can't do this, I can't do that. Um, I was very lucky in finding a pharmacist, a pharmacist who would actually come to my father's home twice a day, lovely man, and he um, he actually stood there while my father took his medication because when it was given to the home support worker who is not allowed to give medication could only hand them to my father. My father didn't take them. They were all over the floor the next morning. So, of course, he wasn't getting any better because he wasn't taking his pills. He finally had to hire someone to do that. And, of course, being a man, uh, um, pharmacist uh, being a man... Uh, made a big difference, and my father sat and took his pills. So, right. I mean, that was an, another... But again, all this came through my own research in the community as to what people provide. People did come to me and say, 
you know, I found this great thing, or I found that great thing. And I, I find, you know, for a lot of um, senior family caregivers, this is this is a very, very uh, big loophole because they're already dealing with their own medical challenges. Um, maybe they don't use computers, or maybe they just use them. It might be just simply for an email or to play some games or or don't have research capabilities, you know. So this is a very hard thing. When someone is a senior themselves being a caregiver, this is why they need um, a social worker or at least a counselor or someone that they can visit once a week and who is up to date enough themselves to say, uh, you know, I, I can suggest this to you or I can suggest that to you or what is your problem this week? Can we, uh, can we solve that problem? Right. And, and that part's been taken out of the healthcare system. Now, I want to ask you um, something of a leading question, because it seems to me from what you were saying earlier that one of the avenues to get help you took was to get political support. Now, first off, am I right in that? Have I understood that correctly? Carol? Um, well, I can't say it was really um, political. It um, I just, I didn't do it as a political thing. Uh, we live in a small community, so, you know, everyone knows everyone, whether they sit on council or or whatever, you know. Um, but, yes, you're right in a way. We did have to do that. That's true. Although I didn't see it as political support at the time. I went to see, I saw it as going to see my friend, to be quite honest with you. Um but um, however I saw it, I, I, I got to what I, what I needed. But um, political support, I don't know about political support. What I've heard from uh, council that I've spoken to, and we've just had a new council board, and then they're very, very good um, forward-thinking people, is that it's all a provincial responsibility. Everything is a provincial responsibility, and the municipality just doesn't have the money. They just do not have money to uh, do anything about this. So it's such a, a catch-22. I have um, I have a great space in the um, Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives. I really like that group. I have been they have been gracious enough to send me a bursary actually to fly to. Um, Vancouver and listen to their speakers and that's been wonderful and I met a lot of very like-minded people but um, even with the new healthcare accord which hasn't been signed and the um, 36 billion dollars over the next 10 years that's not going to be paid to the provinces or oh, it's going to be paid but it's not but it's a lump sum it's going to be much less than it was before um, we, met, we didn't have any demonstrations or anything in Power River. This isn't just my issue. This is everybody's issue, everybody who's alive. This is their issue because you can't be alive without health care. So I don't know what it takes, Gordon, until maybe you are very sick yourself. You have a family member who's very sick. I, um, there is no political will. There is no political will to change it from the politicians. And it doesn't seem from the citizens either, as far as health care is concerned. I did speak to one group in Power River, 
about, you know, I'd, I'd be interested in joining their group, but I'd, I'd be interested in learning about the um, healthcare side of things and how to change things. And they, they said that that was very nice, but healthcare was just too big an issue. They couldn't take it on because it was just too big and complicated an issue. So they, they didn't take it on. You know, people are more likely to take on the environment. I mean, of course, these are all excellent, excellent things to take on. But for healthcare, how do you... I don't know, Gordon, maybe you have an answer for that. I'm, my answer is coming from people like you, Carol. That is to say, you took an initiative. Let's put it that way very quickly. Mm-hmm. You did something. You appealed, not directly to the healthcare system, but you got some help from people who had influence uh, and they listened, the people um, helped other people to listen to you and you got some change. Um, Maybe I would call that political with a small P, but in any case, that's one way in which you got change. But for people who don't have those connections or don't like doing that kind of thing, because not everybody does like doing it, then there's the bigger question of what we do with the healthcare system. And there's only a minute left for this particular part of the segment, and neither of us can make us an answer to that question in that time. But it has to have an answer, and it has to have an answer, I believe, by people like you, describing their experiences and then pushing ahead to get some understanding of what those experiences are really telling us. Now, having lectured you, I'm now going to take the break, as always, and we will return. This is Dr. Gordon Asley, and my guest is Carol Stanley. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, health, environment, and the power of water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Want to help make our world a better place, but not sure where to start? Tune into Better Worldians Radio with the creators of the social game on Facebook called A Better World. Join hosts Ray, Mary Sue, and Gregory Hansel, who will inspire you to make a big difference in small ways. They'll speak to experts, authors, volunteers, and everyday people who are changing the world daily. Better Worldians Radio is heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to 
Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Carol Stanley. Our topic is a family caregiver and her father's legacy. Carol, what was your father's legacy for you, his family caregiver? Carol? Well, the the legacy that my father left me really was the legacy of looking after him. Because if I hadn't looked after him, Gordon, I would just um, be thinking... Oh, isn't that lovely? Look, um, Mrs. Smith is looking after her her father, and uh, she must be such a good woman and such a good-hearted, and uh, bravo to her, you know. I wouldn't be looking at her issues, but because I looked after my father, I now look at the issues and of the family caregiver. And not only of the family caregiver, it's broadened to far more than that, to the issues of the healthcare system. And if my father hadn't come into my life, I wouldn't have that legacy now. And, and the legacy that he had was not just to sit there and say, okay, well, thank you very much. It's, it's um, not thank you very much. Well, thank you very much, but I don't like that very much. Uh, could you please change that? You know, and that's how he would state it. <laughs> now that's how I state it. Um, funny what how we what we learn as we, we get to be older. Yeah, but yeah. Not so much like our parents that we once used to try to get away from. So, is it right? Um, this is my next question for you. Mm-hmm. What are the, is it right to say that one of the ways in which your father's legacy strengthened you is to give you the strength to speak out when speaking out was necessary. Carol, is that right or not? Yes, it is right, and it is right. And, of course, he was there to speak out with me, so I had I had someone by my side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so that, that was... Um, and it was already inside me. It was already inside me, the empathy for, um, for caregiving um, and for animals, <laughs> two things in my life that that drive me forward all the time. Uh, So, yes, I think you have to have... I don't think everyone can be a caregiver. You you either have that empathetic uh, gene in you or you don't. I think it's a gene thing. (laughs) And um, I I have it. And um, I'm glad I have it. I'm glad my dad was who he was. Um, Even if he was a bit of pain in the butt sometimes. And, um, (laughs) you know, I just... uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going on to here, and I, my my future for myself is to look at where I live. I know it's just the place to where I want to be. Uh, look at the, my doctor's situation. Look at my own healthcare situation. What is it I want from now on? And how is technology going to right. be in the future? I'm really looking forward to seeing what technology can do for um, seniors themselves and for healthcare providers and their patients or the family. Carol, I'm just going to stop you because we're running out of time and I've got a very last key question for you, which Mm -hmm. is a bit different. What's your message for family caregivers who are seniors themselves and who are caring for an elderly parent? What's your message for them? I would say find, um, find a good group 
to help you. Um, and it might be an online group. You might have to step outside your comfort zone and um, maybe go to the local seniors group and say, how do I get online? How do I get to a webinar? How do I um, start to find out uh, how I can change things that are not going right in my life, in my loved one's life, in the healthcare system? I want to be a part of this um, changing movement of, of healthcare. Now, when you want, when you're saying, Carol, you want to be part, or your advice to family caregivers like you is to get part, to be part of the movement. What movement are you talking about? Well, you know, the other day I took a webinar. It was just on how to conduct a family caregiver group, which was amazing because I never knew all the little tricks about getting a group together and how to keep it on time and doing exactly what you're doing right now, Gordon. And um, it was. <laughs> So great for, me, great for me to learn these things. And there are just a million sites out there now that can provide you with all the information that you need. Uh, one group, group that I belong to, and it's called Family Caregivers Network, and is lo- located in Victoria, B.C., and they are funded through the government, through the provincial government, to put on these webinars, and I use a lot of their webinars. Right. And they're very easy to understand, plain language, and um, will help one a lot. And even, right. even I'm get, sorry, you know, I'm actually, for you. Mm-hmm. yeah, actually, Carol, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but we are at the end, but I'm just going to summarize back to you. Um, speaking out is the message I get for you, from you, about issues Getting information and getting involved is the message that I get from you, um, and I think it's a very, very, very important message at this particular time when money's short and maybe the understanding is not as thorough as it should be among our politicians and decision makers. So, Carol, thank you. Thank you very much for sharing with us your experience, your insights, your advice. And all success to you in the next phase of your activism, because that's what it is. And very, very best wishes for you for the future. I want to say thank you to our listeners. With Family Caregivers Unite, we're starting a new research project called Qualitative Research, which this episode is part of. The idea is to find out what you, our listeners, think about important topics, such as the one we've just been listening to, and for you to share with us your experiences of healthcare. Now, if you'd like to hear more, to get involved, or to be a guest on my show, here's how to connect with me. Please email me at Doc G, all one word, at Family Caregivers Unite, all one word, dot org. Our next episode will be Cannabis for Canadians. Please join us, same time, same spot on the internet. Talk then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. They were so quick to get him out, and I was so quick to take him back because I couldn't possibly look after him. Am I on topic here, Gordon, or am I going off? No, you're very much, when I say no, I mean you're very much on topic. This is exactly what I had in mind of the way that you would answer this question. That is speaking as someone, a family caregiver, who has been there and done that in the reality of the healthcare system. Carol? That's correct. And that's correct. And it's such a shame because um, so much um, of the funding comes, to, especially to the nurses. The nurses, I mean, we say family caregivers are the invisible backbone of the healthcare system. Uh, and we are, and I know that. And God forbid when we all die off, because I don't think the younger generation going to have the time to take it on, um, the nurses are going to be overwhelmed. And the home support teams, they, they need far better training. I mean, I, I had better training than the home support worker six months, you know, at the local college. Um, you know, my five years of, of research, of having to do lots of research, thank goodness for my computer, I love my computer, and the research and being able to tap into webinars, be part of um, um, something called Patients as Partners and Community Engagement. I was able to sit in on the, quite a few of hospital talks and get a little bit of the lingo of the hospital and what actually was going on as they thought about changing the, um, the home care system, which unfortunately didn't work out at all. And uh, I think they're back to square one now. That plan didn't work out. But what I saw when I was in the hospital and I saw the sort of marketing that was done and put out to the community, like, um, now these are your rights when you go to the emergency department. If you've got, if you've got dinner time, please ask for a tray. You have a right to have a dinner while you're at the hospital. Well, I asked for a dinner tray. <laughs> they were stunned and they said they'd try and find the sandwiches they could find one out of the fridge if there's not been one left I mean at that time I could no longer be part of um, Patient Voices Network or community engagement because I know I had stepped over the line into advocacy I was no longer able to take on this sort of um, dual you know, the marketing side, which looks so lovely, and the real side that I was actually going through with my father, which was so different from what I was, what I was listening to when I went to these meetings. And therefore, I turned into an advocate. And I think there's nothing wrong with being an advocate. In fact, I think everyone in the world should be an advocate for something that they care about. Right. Now, now, once again, it's time for the break, so we're going to take that. But in the next segment, we're going to answer some of the questions about what you actually found helpful 
um, and then we'll get that picture from you on both sides of it. So we'll take the break now. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, and my guest is Carol Stanley. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety channel cjmp 90.1 fm community radio now i just want to add that that's in powell river which is what the the place that carol is talking about um, we're also we are also involved with um sharing the burden.ca in any case please stay with us we're coming back The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com On the morning of August 5th, 1962, the world awoke to the shocking news that Marilyn Monroe, one of the biggest icons in Hollywood history, had been found dead. What really happened that night? Join Nina Bosky as she seeks to uncover both the life and tragic death of Marilyn Monroe and what keeps her so popular over 50 years later. Good Night Maryland Radio, live every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Families today face unique challenges. Marriage, parenting, and family forms have changed a lot in the last century. Family Matters with Dr. Virginia Collin will focus on building and maintaining healthy family relationships. We will discuss marriage, divorce, family mediation, parenting, lifestyles, and mental health. All kinds of family matters. Our show will feature guest experts and your participation, too. You can listen to Family Matters live every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. The world we live in has become a crazy place. Poverty is at an all-time high in the wealthiest nation on Earth. We keep calling on government to save us with new programs. And now, we have more people using food stamps than any time in our history. This problem continues to get worse. The answer to poverty is in our homes, churches, and communities, and through our children. Get the answers from The Mickey Ellison Show, Wednesdays at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to doc. G at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Carol Stanley. Our topic is a family caregiver and her father's legacy. Carol, now let's talk about help for overcoming the most challenging of the challenges for family caregivers caring for their parents. So, Carol, what was the most effective help you received for the most challenging of the challenges you experienced as family caregiver for your father? Carol? Um, well, other than the computer and the research and the webinars that I um, participated in and, and learning to ask the hard questions, um, there was a day when my father was admitted into long-term care 
And he was admitted into a facility which I think um, Charles Dickens could have written a, a very good novel on. Um, so I, I was very upset by this because there was no privacy whatsoever for my father, just a curtain. It was like um, a hospital setting only, not even as, as nice as the hospital. And I was very upset because my dad could still walk, he could still talk. I know he was chronically ill, but um, I will use the word warehousing. I didn't like him. I was very upset. I wrote down all my uh, concerns about this. Uh, nobody would listen, of course. And uh, so I finally had to... Uh, make an appointment with someone on the, um, in Powell River, the mayor, to be, to be specific. And he set up an appointment with the administrator of the um, home care um, facility in Powell River. And um, I took my husband with me. I needed support. And the mayor did leave the room, and we um, we spoke with the um, facilitator at that time. And I just, I had all my ducks in a row. I had, because I knew about the Omsburg person, lady here, and um, the advocate that we have now, and there were other routes for me to take, and I could also look at maybe getting my father into um, a veteran's home, if it's because this is not um, dying with dignity with any means, by any means. For a father, for a man who was still walking, talking, you know. And so I had, that was um, the most challenging, challenging thing that I, I did. And I, I um, I'm very proud of myself for doing that. It, was, uh, it took a great deal for me to do that. It was very, very stressful, and um, I don't regret it one bit. Right. Within one month, I'm glad to say, my father was moved into a, a, new, a different facility, not a new facility, but a different facility, where at least he had some dignity. He had his own room, four walls around him, and he could have a little bit of space to himself, which I think every person deserves as they are aging, dignity. Right. right. Now, I want to ask you the question about help for family caregivers like you um, for their most challenging of the challenges when the family caregivers are themselves seniors and are caring for an elderly family member or members like your father. So what is the help that you think those family caregivers need? Carol? Of course, family caregivers right from the start, I think, should all be given a, a social worker to work with so that they could work through the system with them. And if they had someone working through the system with them, they'd never even get to this point. But I was lucky enough, and there is a program in place where family caregivers can take respite, where the family member will go into the long-term care facility and the um, family caregiver 
can go away. And I, I went right out of country. I didn't stay here because I didn't want to be contacted. I, I wanted to be respite. I wanted, you know, to have um, rest. So I would say that um, for myself, that was one of the best things um, that could have happened to me that, you know, you ask, you have to ask that and, uh, and they will put you on a list. Um, there's also other things like um, having groups for seniors once a week, exercise groups and things. My father was on the list for that for nearly two years. I never heard from them. Daycare, that's what it was called, daycare. Couldn't remember the name because he never went to it. Um, let me see, what, is, what else can I tell you here about? Um, because, it's, it's, you know, words are very easy to please take care of yourself, please take care of yourself. But yeah. it's so difficult in that situation when you have someone on the phone saying, oh, come and help me, or, you know, I can't breathe, I can't do this, I can't do that. Um, I was very lucky in finding a pharmacist, a pharmacist who would actually come to my father's home twice a day, lovely man, and he um, he actually stood there while my father took his medication because when it was given to the home support worker who is not allowed to give medication could only hand them to my father. My father didn't take them. They were all over the floor the next morning. So, of course, he wasn't getting any better because he wasn't taking his pills. He finally had to hire someone to do that. And, of course, being a man, uh, um, pharmacist, uh, being a man... Uh, made a big difference, and my father sat and took his pills. So, right. I mean, that was an, another... But again, all this came through my own research in the community as to what people provide. People just come to me and say, you know, I found this great thing, or I found that great thing. And I, I find, you know, for a lot of um, senior family caregivers, this is, this is a very, very... Uh, big loophole because they're already dealing with their own medical challenges. Um, maybe they don't use computers or maybe they just use them. It might be just simply for an email or to play some games or, or don't have research capabilities, you know. So this is a very hard thing. When someone is a senior themselves being a caregiver, this is why they need um, a social worker or at least a counsellor or someone that they can visit once a week and who is up to date enough themselves to say, uh, you know, I, I can suggest this to you or I can suggest that to you or what is your problem this week? Can we, uh, can we solve that problem? Right. And, and that part's been taken out of the healthcare system. Now I want to ask you, um, something of a leading question, because it seems to me from what you were saying earlier that one of the avenues to get help you took was to get political support. Now, first off, am I right in that? Have I understood that correctly? Carol? I, wasn't, I can't say it was really um, political. It, um, I just... I didn't do it as a political thing. Uh, we live in a small community, so... You know, everyone knows everyone, whether they sit on council or, or whatever, you know. Um, but yes, you're right in a way. They did have to do that. That's true. Although I didn't see it as political support at the time. I went to see, I saw it as going to see my friend, to be quite honest with you. 
Um, but um, however, I saw it. I, I, I got to what I what I needed. But um, political support. I don't know about political support. What I've heard from uh, council that I've spoken to, and we've just had a new council board, and then they're very, very good, um, forward-thinking people, is that it's all a provincial responsibility. Everything is a provincial responsibility, and the municipality just doesn't have the money. They just do not have money to uh, do anything about this. So it's such a, a catch-22. I have... Um, I have a great space in the um, Canadian Centre for Policy Alternatives. I really like that group. I have been, they have been gracious enough to send me a bursary, actually, to fly to um, Vancouver and listen to their speakers. And that's been wonderful. And I met a lot of very like-minded people. But um, even with the new healthcare accord, which hasn't been signed, and the um, $36 billion over the next 10 years that's not going to be paid to the provinces, or it's going to be paid, but it's, lo- but it's a lump sum, it's going to be much less than it was before. Um, we, ne- we didn't have any demonstrations or anything in Power River. And this isn't just my issue, this is everybody's issue. Everybody who's alive, this is their issue because... You can't be alive without health care. So I don't know what it takes, Gordon, until maybe you are very sick yourself. You have a family member who's very sick. um, There is no political will. There is no political will to change it from the politicians. And it doesn't seem from the citizens either, as far as health care is concerned. I did speak to one group in Power River, about, you know, I'd, I'd be interested in joining their group, but I'd, I'd be interested in learning about the um, healthcare side of things and how to change things. And they, they said that that was very nice, but healthcare was just too big an issue. They couldn't take it on because it was just too big and complicated an issue. So they, they didn't take it on. You know, people are more likely to take on the environment. I mean, of course, these are all excellent, excellent things to take on. But for healthcare, how do you? I don't know, Gordon. Maybe you have an answer for that. I'm. My answer is coming from people like you, Carol. That is to say, you took an initiative. Let's put it that way very quickly. Mm-hmm. You did something. You appealed, not directly to the healthcare system, but you got some help from people who had influence. That's right. Uh, and is. they listened. The people um, helped other people to listen to you and you got some change Um, maybe I would call that political with a small p but in any case that's the one way in which you got change but for people who don't have those connections or don't like doing that kind of thing because not everybody does like doing it then there's the bigger question of what we do with the healthcare system and there's only a minute left for this particular part of the segment and neither of us can make us an answer to that question in that time but it has to have an answer and it has to have an answer I believe by people like you describing their experiences and then pushing ahead 
to get some understanding of what those experiences are really telling us. Now, having lectured you, I'm now going to take the break, as always, and we will return. This is Dr. Gordon Asley, and my guest is Carol Stanley. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety Channel, CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio, sharingtheburden.ca. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleina interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleina Hour is health from an environmental perspective. Your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Want to help make our world a better place, but not sure where to start? Tune into Better Worldians Radio with the creators of the social game on Facebook called A Better World. Join hosts Ray, Mary Sue, and Gregory Hansel, who will inspire you to make a big difference in small ways. They'll speak to experts, authors, volunteers, and everyday people who are changing the world daily. Better Worldians Radio is heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. Follow us on Twitter at Voice America TRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's Voice America TRN. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Carol Stanley. Our topic is a family caregiver and her father's legacy. Carol, what was your father's legacy for you, his family caregiver? Carol? Well, the the legacy that my father left me really was the legacy of looking after him. Because if I hadn't looked after him, Gordon, I would just um, be thinking, oh, isn't that lovely? Look, um, Mrs. Smith is looking after her her father, and uh, she must be such a good woman and such a good-hearted, and uh, bravo to her, you know. I wouldn't be looking at her issues, but because I looked after my father, I now look at the issues. And of the family caregiver. And not only of the family caregiver, it's broadened to far more than that, to the issues of the healthcare system. And if my father hadn't come into my life, I wouldn't have that legacy now. And, and the legacy that he had was not just to sit there and say, okay, well, thank you very much. It's, it's um, not thank you very much. Well, thank you very much, but I don't like that very much. Uh, could you please change that? You know, and that's how he would state it. <laughs> now that's how I state it. 
Um, funny what's how we what we learn as we, we get to be older. Yeah, but yeah. Not so much like our parents that we once used to try to get away from. So, is it right? Um, this is my next question for you. Mm-hmm. What are the, is it right to say that one of the ways in which your father's legacy strengthened you is to give you the strength to speak out when speaking out was necessary? Carol, is that right or not? Yes, it is right, and it is right. And of course, he was there to speak out with me, so I had I had someone by my side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that that was, um, and it was already inside me. It was already inside me the empathy for. Um, for caregiving um, and for animals, <laughs> two things in my life that that drive me forward all the time. Uh, so yes, I think you have to have. I don't think everyone can be a caregiver. You you either have that empathetic uh, gene in you or you don't. I think it's a gene thing, <laughs> and um, I, I have it, and um, I'm glad I have it. I'm glad my dad was who he was. Even if it was a bit of pain in the butt sometimes, and um, <laughs> you know, I just uh, I'm, I'm I'm going on to here, and I, my my future for myself is to look at where I live. I know is this the place to where I want to be? Uh, look at the, my doctor situation. Look at my own healthcare situation. What is it I want for, from now on? And how is technology going to right. be in the future? I'm really looking forward to seeing what technology can do for um, seniors themselves and for right. healthcare providers and their patients or the right. family. Carol, I'm just going to stop you because we're running out of time and I've got a very last key question for you, which mm-hmm. is a bit different. What's your message for family caregivers who are seniors themselves and who are caring for an elderly parent? What's your message for them? I would say find, um, find a good group. Uh, to help you, um, and it might be an online group. You might have to step outside your comfort zone and um, maybe go to the local seniors group and say, how do I get online? How do I get to a webinar? How do I um, start to find out uh, how I can change things that are not going right in my life, in my loved one's life, in the healthcare system? I want to be a part of this um, changing movement of, of healthcare. Now, when you want, when you're saying, Carol, you want to be part, or your advice to family caregivers like you is to get part, to be part of the movement. What movement are you talking about? Well, you know, the other day I took a webinar. It was just on how to conduct a family caregiver group, which was amazing because I never knew all the little tricks about getting a group together and how to keep it on time and doing exactly what you're doing right now, Gordon. And um, it was. <laughs> So great, great for me to learn these things, and there are just a million sites out there now that can provide you with all the information that you need. Uh, one good group that I belong to, and it's called Family Caregivers Network, and is lo- located in Victoria, BC, and they are funded through the government, through the provincial government, to put on these webinars, and I use a lot of their webinars. Right. And they're very easy to understand, plain language, and um, will help one a lot. And even, right. even I'm sorry, I'm actually, for you. Mm-hmm. yeah, 
Actually, Carol, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but we are at the end, but I'm just going to summarize back to you. Um, speaking out is the message I get for you, from you, about issues. Getting information and getting involved is the message that I get from you. Um, and I think it's a very, very, very important message at this particular time when money's short and maybe the understanding is not as thorough as it should be among our politicians and decision makers. So, Carol, thank you. Thank you very much for sharing with us your experience, your insights, your advice. And all success to you in the next phase of your activism, because that's what it is. And very, very best wishes for you for the future. I want to say thank you to our listeners. With Family Caregivers Unite, we're starting a new research project called Qualitative Research, which this episode is part of. The idea is to find out what you, our listeners, think about important topics, such as the one we've just been listening to, and for you to share with us your experiences of healthcare. Now, if you'd like to hear more, to get involved, or to be a guest on my show, here's how to connect with me. Please email me at Doc G, all one word, at Family Caregivers Unite, all one word, dot org. Our next episode will be Cannabis for Canadians. Please join us, same time, same spot on the internet. Talk then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 